All right, let's grab our Bible this morning and turn to Mark chapter number 4. Mark chapter number 4 is where we're going to be starting. I'm glad we can have fun in church. If you can't have fun in church, then you're not doing church right. Okay, it's, it's not all fun and games. Don't, don't, get me, don't misunderstand me, but uh, it's, it's fun to be a Christian, and you should enjoy your Christian life. You shouldn't be enduring your faith. You should be celebrating and enjoying your faith. It's, it's, it's a good thing. We've got hope. We've got hope that the world doesn't have, and we've got a Savior that's done so much for us. Amen. Well, Mark chapter 4, it, it's good to see you all here this morning. I'm glad that you came. Mark chapter 4, we're going to start in verse number 3. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> there we go. Mark chapter 4, verse number 3. The Bible says, verse number 3, Hearken, behold... There went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And others fell on good ground. And did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Amen. Okay, before you get too discouraged or anything, I, I, I do realize that I preached on the companion passage of this scripture a couple weeks ago. App- application that I used there was the importance of getting the gospel out. And we talked about sending out the mailers and everything and the, the different ground that that seed was going to fall upon and everything. So don't, 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 don't already shut me off. I'm not preaching that this morning. But the, the application is different here. And I'm really grateful that Scripture has so many different applications. This morning, I believe that the Lord has a much more personal application for us in regards to what what we're going through, what, what my week has been like, what I bet many of your week has just been like. And so we're, we're going to look at that. Let's start off in verse 14. We're going to look at the, at the explanation portion of this scripture. We just read what, what Jesus Christ gave as a parable to the multitude. But here he, he describes and he explains the parable that he gave to his disciples. And let's look at verse 14. The Bible says in Mark 4, verse 14, it says, The sower soweth the word. Okay, so the seed in the parable that we just read, that's the word of God. The seed being sown is the word of God. The word of God brings people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We talked about that a couple weeks ago in that application. But that's not all the Bible's for. The Bible's not a book just to see people get saved. It's a book that God gave us to be able to help us to grow, to teach us how we should live, to help us to make applications so we can be obedient unto Him, so we can get fullness in this life here, not monetarily fullness, okay? I'm talking about blessings of God that comes from obedience, and it gives us directions, it tells us about heavenly rewards that we can earn. It's just everything that God wanted us to know, He put right here in this book for us. (coughs) So this seed is very precious, And it's for much more than just salvation. But notice, because I know that's the typical application of this passage. (coughs) Notice, though, that the Bible says in verse 14, The sower soweth the word. 
So when the word of God is being sown, when it's being put out there, when it's being preached, when it's being taught, when it's being read by you, when it's being studied by you, the seed is getting put out. The word of God is getting out to you. All right. Last week, we had a sower come in and he sowed the word of God. That, that was Brother Gip. We had that special meeting Friday, Saturday, and all day Sunday. What was that? That's a sower that we called to come in to sow the word of God in our hearts. Not for salvation, but to give us the word of God in hopes that that seed would take root and that that would grow up and it would bear fruit to our account and fruit that's going to be pleasing to Jesus Christ. Okay, that, that's what we had come in. Uh, Brother Gip, he, he gave us a bunch of messages there. He, he preached uh, on one thing. He preached on the reasons for backsliding. You all remember that one? I believe that was Friday night. He said the reason that people backslide, number one, is that they're trying to climb too steep. He said either that or, you're, or where, where you're trying to climb is too soft. He said where you're, where you're, maybe you're carrying too much weight. That was the third point that he had. Last one he said you need someone to give you a push or a pull. Y'all remember that as I, as I say it? You're like, oh yeah, that is what he said. Oh yeah, I do remember that. I mean, you've got to be reminded of these things. He preached on temptation. He, he did that on Sunday school. Uh, he talked about the Lord's Prayer a little bit. Lead us not into temptation. Remember he had the magnet illustration with the, the piece of paper and the magnet and the metal shavings on it and everything. Maybe you remember that. He preached a message that he called, It's All About You. You remember that from last Sunday? Hopefully you remember. He, he talked about that the bad that you do only really hurts you, and the good that you do only really benefits you. That, that, that was some good seed. That was helpful seed. He preached on the rapture and earning heavenly rewards. That, that, what is that? That's good seed that can really bear some fruit in our life. That's something that we can really get some benefit from if we let that seed get into our heart. Okay, the sower came and he sowed the word of God. And many of you told me what a blessing it was and that you really enjoyed the seed. You say, man, that was really good. I'm really glad Brother Gip came in. Me too. It was a blessing to me. But then the meeting ended. Then everyone seemed to have a hard time last week. And I noticed by Wednesday night... We start having church services and it's just, I've heard about different things going on in people's lives during the week and we have church service and it was just kind of a, kind of just a heaviness just to even make it to church and everything. Well, why is that? There's some oppression. We got a lot of seed put out there and we heard a lot of good preaching and we, 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 heard, we felt the Lord dealing with us. We felt the Holy Spirit kind of working on us and telling us different things. Some things hit me that didn't hit you, and some things hit you that didn't hit me. And it was, it, what's that different seed that was trying to find root and everything and, and spring up and bear some fruit? But the devil doesn't like that. And so what happens is after a meeting like we just had, there's obstacles that come in our way. And there's hindrances that keep the word of God from really taking root and changing our daily life. Making an impact that lasts longer than the preaching hour. Because that's difficult. <coughs> it's hard and there's a lot of oppression there. And you say, well, well, why is it that we get this attack? Why is it that this heaviness comes on after the meeting? Well, because the same, tax, same tactics used to stop the seed in this passage that we just read were used to stop the seed in your life last week. So this morning, I want to preach to you about protecting the seed. Protecting the seed. 
Because every time that you get to go, come to church, every time you get to hear a preacher preach, whether it's live and in person, maybe you listen to some audio preaching throughout the week, uh, maybe it's during your Bible reading, maybe you do some Bible study, maybe it's during the ladies' discipleship class that we've got going on. Whenever you get exposed to the Word of God, that seed coming at you that can come in and bear fruit if you let it. Okay, those are opportunities. But every time you get some of these, the, some of this seed, some of the word of God coming to you, these obstacles come up. The first obstacle, public enemy number one, we find in verse 15. Because verse 14, the sower soweth the word, right? We got the word of God, praise the Lord. Verse 15, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately. And take it away the word that was sown in their hearts. So what happened? Public enemy number one against the seed of the word is the devil. The devil comes after the word of God. The Bible says immediately like birds go after seeds. We saw that in verse 4. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. They devoured it up immediately. I want you to understand this. Birds go where the seed is. You know, it's, it's, it's bird feeding season again. My, my wonderful wife, got the, she, she's got a bird house. that I, I got her a cheap one. I need to get her a better one. Don't hold me to that. But it, it's the time of year that we get to put some seed out and we get to see the birds. We put it next to a window and uh, the, the cats did a really good job banging up against the window, <laughs> scaring birds away for a little bit, but now their head hurts and they quit banging up against the window. Now we've got a bunch of birds that we're feeding. So, but, and, and it started off pretty good. You know, we put the seed out. I'm worried about how long the seed lasts because it costs money. They don't just give it away. But we, we put it out there and the first couple days, no birds. No birds, you know, cats keeping them away. Okay, you know, that's, that's pretty good. And then one bird learns that if you land kind of far away from the window, you could sit there and eat some of the food and the cats don't get you. Well, he went off and told all his little bird buddies and they come back and now we got 20 birds sitting there hanging on the bird feeder and the cat's just sitting there like, <laughs> can't do anything, you know. But what happened? The birds come where the seed is. And that's what happens here. So we've got the seed that's the word of God and we've got the birds that are the devil and his minions there and, and they're trying to snatch up the word of God out of your heart and out of your mind. So where the word is, this King James Bible, that's where the birds are coming. See, the devil attacks where the Bible's preached and where the Bible's taught and where the Bible's read. But you know what else I noticed last year with that bird feeder? One little seed hit the ground underneath that, uh, underneath that bird feeder. And it started springing up. And we got a big, tall sunflower that grew out there. It, it, was, it, was, it was on stony ground there. I think we still got a bunch of, bunch of little rocks there. But it found its way through and it, it took root and it, it sprung up. And you know, as that sunflower was growing up, the birds didn't mess with it. And the big old head came out there and the birds didn't mess with it. They, they went after the seed. They weren't going after what was growing. They, they, they were going after the seed. You know what? The seeds, the seeds represent potential. Seeds represent potential. The Word of God, every time you hear preaching, every time you sit down and you read your Bible, that Word of God is potential in the life of the Christian. 
That, that is, hey, God has an opportunity because you're around the word of God to do something with you, to do something inside you, to minister to you, to help you, to help you grow, to reprove you. Yeah, it might hurt to rebuke. It might hurt, but it might be exhortation. You don't know. You've got to take that seed in. Keep a marker here in, in Mark chapter 4, but turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. The word of God is potential in the life of a Christian. I'm, I'm glad we've got access to it. Man, it, it's so easy. If you don't have a Bible, we got one. We got a stack back there in the office. We'll give you one. You probably got more than one. You probably got two or three King James Bibles laying around the house. I've got two in my car. You know, and I've, I've got several in my office. I've got, got one here that I preach out of. We, we've got them all over the place. What is that? That's potential in so many different places for the Lord to speak to me. All I've got to do is open it up. The word of God is potential in the life of a Christian. Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse 12. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is quick. That means alive. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Word of God's powerful. It's quick. It's alive. It can do something in your life. But you realize whenever these, co whenever these covers are closed together, that Bible can't do a thing for you. Whenever that's closed up, if it's sitting up on your shelf, that, that word of God, that seed is far away from the ground. It's up in the cabinet. Okay, seed in the cabinet ain't ever going to spring, uh, sprout out of the ground. Okay, this, this Bible doesn't do any good. And let me tell you this, it doesn't matter if you have a King James Bible or an NIV or an ESV if it's all on the shelf. Your closed King James does as much as a closed NIV. It doesn't make a bit of difference. And we brag about having the Word of God, which we've got it. It's perfect, preserved, and holy. It, it, there's nothing wrong with this Bible. But if you leave it closed, that seed's not going to do a thing. You've got to open it up. You've got to be around it. Bible-believing churches have the most seed. We draw the most birds. Have you ever left a church service and you just said, man, that was a great service. I, I really enjoyed that. that. That was such a blessing. Boy, that helped me. And then when you get home, you couldn't remember what the sermon was even about. You get home or later that week or, or maybe it's that night and you say, man, I, I, I knew it was good and that was funny. And you remember the stories and you remember the illustrations but whenever it comes to the message, whenever it comes to the word, whenever it comes to the seed, you go, what was it about? I don't, I don't remember. What's that? Bird got it. Bird got it. So let me give you here, under this section, let me give you the best ways to protect the seed from the birds. Okay, the first enemy is this, the devil. He's coming to snatch it up by the wayside. He's trying to get the seed of the word of God. Anytime you open up your Bible, the devil's trying to keep you from getting it. He's trying to keep you from getting that seed. So what do you need to do? Number one, solidify the position of the seed. What's that mean? Put it in the ground. Put that seed in the ground. Here in the Word of God is seed on top of the ground. If you want that Word to take root and grow, you need to put it in good soil. You need to put it in the ground. What's that mean? Well, let me give you some some opinions here, some ideas. What, what helped me, it might help you. To help solidify the position of the seed. To put it in the ground. Number one, take notes. 
Take notes. If you're not a note taker, listen, I'm not saying if you don't take notes, you're not spiritual or anything like that. That's fine. I'm telling you, this has helped me. You said, how did I remember all the things that Brother Gip preached? Do you remember all those things whenever I gave you the rundown? I looked at my notes. <laughs> I took notes while he was sitting there preaching and everything. And so I was like, what all they preach about? Because I remember the one that stuck out to me. Okay, the biggest one that stuck out to me, the one that God dealt with me most on, I didn't have much of a problem remembering that one. But it was the other three or four messages that I was like, what was that one about? What was that one about? So what did I do to help that take root? I took notes. Put a category, word, on the top of the page whenever you take notes. Put on there, oh, witnessing. It's about witnessing. Oh, it's about worry. Oh, it's about depression. You know, It's about doubt. Oh, this one's about prayer. I put prayer on there. Encouragement. This is good. Maybe put what... what what feelings that'll help you with? Discouragement. You know, something that'll help you. So if, if you have the notes, you take the notes and everything. If you have a keyword up on the top and you're like, man, I'm going through this now. It didn't mean a lot whenever he preached it, whoever it was that preached it. It didn't mean a lot then, but there's, there was something that, when did he preach that? That it, it, was, it was over covetousness and I'm dealing with covetousness now. So where, where was it? If you have covetousness across the top, you're like, oh, there it is. And you look through that and then you, what do you do? You revisit the seed. And you say, you know what? Let me see those passages again. There's more seed. There's more potential. There's more opportunity. Because now the ground's right and you're ready for a message on that. And now it's going to help you. Why? Because you took some notes. That's a good thing to do. You want to help put that seed in the ground? How about highlight or underline the passage in your Bible? That's a good thing to do. That'll help you out. So whenever you do do your daily Bible reading, you'll see and you'll see it's underlined. Or you'll see it's highlighted and you'll be like, oh, I remember and you jot down a couple notes, maybe the points to the message next to it or something. I, I like the, like the note-taking Bibles. I like mine's got the big margin there on the side that I could write on. I like that. Some Bibles don't have that. You, you just write wherever you want to on there. Don't correct the Word of God. Don't scratch it out. And if you're like, oh, I don't want to write in my Bible. Okay, that's fine. Don't write in your Bible. You know, I, I, I do. This is my tool. This is my sword. It sharpens me. It helps me. So I modify it. You know, you, you, you fix the handle a little bit. and you, you get it to fit you better. What's that? Take a notes. Here's a good idea. Write cross-references. Preacher makes a good connection for you. You know, man, this verse really stood out, and it really helped because he put this other verse with it. Write it right next to it. Write that little reference down. That'll help you out. That'll help put the seed in the ground. Here's, a, here's an idea, the third one. What's going to help put the seed in the ground? Solidify the position of that seed. Number three, respond at the end of the sermon. Don't just hear it and let it roll off of you. Respond to it. That might mean coming to the altar. You, you, you felt the tug before, hadn't you? I felt the tug before. Man, I need to go up there and pray. No, 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 no. What are they going to think? Man, I, yeah, the Lord's dealing with me. Man, man, that was heavy. Yeah, I should, you know, I should probably, I feel like I should, but no, no, I'm, I'm just too embarrassed. I, what, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? And it's just, what, what's that? You, you, you're not responding. The seed's trying to get in the ground, but if you don't solidify that position, and maybe it's not coming to the altar. Maybe it's praying where you're at. Maybe it's asking God to help you to apply the message and say, Lord, you sure hit me with this one. Lord, can you help me with this? I, now I know what I need to do. Can you help me to apply it? Lord, can you, can you help me apply this scripture in my life? Can you, can you make that application to me? Can you, can, you, can you help me with it? What's that? Responding to the sermon is, is going to help solidify the position of that seed in the ground. Here's an idea. After services, how about talking about the message with other people? That'll help solidify it. Man, you know, that, 
that helped me there. He, he was talking about this, and, and you know, I really like the point he made about that. I like talking with my wife about that. You know, man, I, I sure like this. Oh, really? I, I, I forgot about that part. I, I was enjoying this part, you know, and, and, and you, 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 what are you doing? You're just, you're working it up. You're keeping it present. You're keeping, you're, you're covering up that seed. You're protecting it. Because the things that you talk about, you don't forget as often, as quickly. How about reflecting on it or meditating on it again? How about looking over those notes and say, you know what? After Sunday morning service, sometime in the afternoon, I'm going I'm to look over those notes again. Or maybe Monday morning, what I need to do is I just need to set some time and say, Lord, you were dealing with me on this. Can you just, just remind me? Don't let me forget these points. It was very helpful in my life. And I, I think if I apply this to my situation, it's really going to help me. So maybe that should just be part of the... Uh, your Bible reading that week is to go over the, the scripture text if it helped you a lot there and say, Lord, just, just help me solidify that seed. Could you help it to start growing? I, I want to see the fruit from this seed. Can you, can you just help me with that? Because I want you to understand, birds don't go after seed that's under the ground. So what do we need to do? We need to solidify the seed. Don't, don't let it just roll off and let the birds get it. Solidify it. You know what else you can do? To help protect the seed from the birds. Number one, solidify the position of the seed. How about number two, setting up a scarecrow? Why don't you set up a scarecrow? You know what a scarecrow is. That's the straw man wearing the farmer's old clothes that he wore all the holes into and everything. His wife won't let him wear anymore, so they, they stuck it full of straw and they pick, set it up on a post and it sits out there. And When the birds fly by, they see that scarecrow and they say, Oh, that's that mean farmer that throws rocks at us and shoots us and, you know, <laughs> tries to smack us away from his crop and his seed and everything. And so it looks like the farmer, but it's not the farmer. Listen, the, no, you, you need to understand this about scarecrows. They're not the farmer, but they look like the farmer. And number two, you need to understand this about scarecrows. They cannot hurt the birds, but the birds that fear the farmer flee from the scarecrow. You're in Hebrews. Look at the book of James. Next one over to your right. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. That's a big problem with Christians that, that hear so much preaching. And, and we read so much Bible. And we, we've got the Word of God. We've got this access. We've got this potential for growth and for fruit bearing. And we have all this opportunity. But so much of the seed that comes towards us gets taken away. So much of the seed never grows, never bears fruit, never does anything for us. Look at James chapter 4, look at verse number 7. The Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So here we have the same devil that's trying to steal the seed that's sown in your heart. Now he's fleeing from you. But he's not fleeing from your power. He's not fleeing from your presence. What's the first half of the verse says? Submit yourselves therefore to God. You know what happens when you submit yourselves therefore to God? You start taking the appearance not of yourself, but you start looking like Jesus Christ. You start acting and thinking and talking like the Savior that you're learning so much about. We're to be conformed to His image. We, we, whenever you start submitting to God, when you start letting this Bible take hold of you, whenever you start living by its standards and not your standards, you start taking the image of Jesus Christ, and that is what sends the devil fleeing. 
you start becoming that scarecrow that looks so much like the farmer that the birds fly away. You see, because that, that scarecrow, it, it can't reach down to smack the birds. But it says, ah, the farmer. You know what the devil needs to be afraid of whenever he sees you? Ah, Jesus. Oh, that's, that's, that's not Jesus, but boy, they sure look like him. Boy, they sure, they sure act like him. But what's that? That's a good scarecrow. Jesus is the only one that can give victory over the devil. The devil's no problem for him. We just need to look like the farmer. You know, scarecrows that look like other crows don't work. Scarecrows that look like cows don't work. <laughs> scarecrows that look like crops don't work. Scarecrows need to look like the farmer to scare off the crows. Today we have too many churches that want to look like the crows. But the devil's not afraid of them. Turn back to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. The devil plays a big role in trying to keep this seed from taking root and bearing fruit in our lives. But he's not the only obstacle. Mark chapter 4, look at verse 16, the next one here. Mark 4, 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Good, it took some root. And have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So the second enemy to the sown word of God taking root in your heart, the first one being the devil and his, his birds that are trying to eat that seed, Number two is the stony ground. Other things that you have to worry about stopping the growth of the Word of God in your life, especially after a good meeting, is affliction, persecution, and offenses. Listen, these are spiritual attacks that hinder spiritual growth, right? We're getting the Word of God. It's good for our spirit. It's not good for our flesh. Okay? Our, our body doesn't like it. Our spirit thrives on it. That's, that's the spiritual side that we need to feed. But in order to stop the spiritual growth that could take place with the sown word of God, you get spiritually attacked. And you're going to get attacked with affliction, persecution, and offenses. So you received the word of God last week. You took notes. You made application. Maybe you prayed and responded to it. You received a blessing. But then what happened? Then comes the spiritual attacks. They come before a meeting, they come right after a meeting, and they could stop the growth. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. There's a lot of spiritual activity around a meeting. There's a lot of spiritual activity around a church service. There's a lot of hindrances that something could not bother you all week long, but then Sunday morning comes and it bothers you like crazy. What's that? A spiritual offense, a spiritual persecution or attack that's trying to keep you from getting something from the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 1, look at verse number 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, 
So if you have the spirit of fear, that did not come from the Lord. Okay? For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So the spirit that God gives us is one of power, love, and a sound mind. Correct? So if we are experiencing spiritual influences that are opposite than what, the, what God gives us, we know that those are spiritual attacks from a non-godly source. Correct? That, that makes sense? That means if we have the spirit of fear, or if we have the spirit of weakness, which is the opposite of power, or spirit of insecurity, which is the opposite of power, or the spirit of hatred, which is the opposite of love, or the spirit of mental or spiritual unrest, which is the opposite of a sound mind, that that spirit did not come from God. So, don't, don't raise your hands on this. Did any one of you experience a spirit of either fear, weakness, insecurity, hatred, or mental or spiritual unrest last week? I did. What was that? The spiritual attack from the devil because he didn't want the seed that was sown to spring up anymore. This is what the devil did to me last week to keep the word from growing that was sown in the meeting. Last Wednesday, I had a spirit of offense, a spirit of pride, anger, and irritability. Okay, there, it, everything was bothering me. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, is what the world would say. What was it? Spiritual oppression, offense, and attack. That, that's, that's what it was. And it, the problem was me. The, the problem was not my family, it wasn't my job, it wasn't uh, the food or anything like that. There, there, there was no outside physical, tangible reason for me being so upset or offended. It was spiritual oppression because the devil says, you've got the word, you, you've got some notes on it, you, you've responded to the message and everything, but what I can do to stop that is I'm going to distract you with offenses and persecution and and, and troubles like that that pop up after a meeting. So I'm, I'm guessing somebody else might have experienced something like that this week. I want you to understand those were spirits not sent by God to hinder the Lord's work in your heart. You said, well, I, I, I remember going through something like that this past week. The question is, how do I overcome those spirits? Well, let me, let me give you the answer there. How about this? Number one, admit that you are wrong. You are not justified in feeling that way. And you have allowed yourself to get into that emotional and spiritual state. Okay? You know what, what finally helped me through the later part of Wednesday? My poor wife had to deal with me all Wednesday. It, it was bad for her. But what, what helps me most whenever something, a spiritual attack like that comes on me is, is you start praying to God and say, Lord, my heart is wrong. I am at fault for how I am feeling. These other people, this circumstance should not offend me. The Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend thee. So whenever I'm right with God, I'm not offended by anybody else. 
So if an offense comes to me, it's because I am not right with the Lord. I have allowed someone power over me. I have allowed someone to cause an insecurity to well up in me. But the problem is not them. The problem is me. I am offended. I feel persecuted. I have let this happen to me. So admit it. Own up to it. My heart's not right. My attitude stinks. Don't justify it. Well, they did. (laughs) Doesn't matter what they did. I have allowed this to happen to me. Own up to it. Number two, pray. Pray for God to help you get your heart right. Here's a humbling thought and a helpful thought. Ask others to pray for you. Hey, I'm, I'm having a heart problem today. Could you just pray that I'd get my heart right with God? You know how vague that is? That could be anything. That's all you've got to tell them. Or just say, how about this? Would you pray for me? I'm, I'm having a bad day. Would you pray for me? That's simple enough. And if someone asks you to pray for you, don't, don't say, what's going on? Oh, is it this? <laughs> don't guess. <laughs> don't guess. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. I bet it's this, right? No, it's not that. Should I be worried about that? <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. But just, just pray for them. Pray. So number one, admit you are wrong. Number two, pray. Number three, get more seed, not less. Listen to more preaching. Read more Bible. Study out that spirit that's been dealing with you according to the word of God. Wouldn't it be something if every time that the devil got on your back and you suffered these persecutions or you suffered this offense or these afflictions, how about if every time the devil got on your back like that, you turned to more scripture and you got closer to God? Don't you think the devil would learn, I'm going to quit bugging them so much because every time I do, they get closer to Jesus. But if he knows that just every time I bug them a little bit, they won't go to church next time. You know, if I just twist a little bit this way, they won't read their Bible tomorrow. You know, instead they'll turn to alcohol or TV or whatever else or friends or comfort or comfort foods or whatever they might turn to. So admit you're wrong. Pray. Get more seed. Okay? Get, get, get more close to God. Get, get more exposed to the Word of God. Number three. Let's turn back to uh, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Third thing that will keep the seed from growing that we need to watch out for. Something that, uh, something that is used to keep that seed of the Word of God to take root and bear fruit in our lives. That's thorns. Mark chapter 4, verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the Word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. So these are things that surround the seed and seem more important than the seed. Come to church, you get some Bible preached to you, you learn some Bible, you do some Bible reading at home, maybe spend some time praying, you, you, you get around some seed. Right? You're getting the seed, you're getting the seed. But Sunday, but... Church is not the only thing you do on Sunday. You might have other things planned. You might have other events. And if it's not the most important thing during your day, how's that seed going to get into that ground? You're, you're putting too many other things in the ground. Instead of coming to church or reading your Bible, these things, they get your time. The potential that 
that should have been seed and the growing of the seed, that potential is now turned into potential playtime or potential sleep time or whatever it is. And I'm glad here in the passage it, it tells us great examples of what these thorns are. Look at verse 19. It says, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things enter in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. First thing mentioned there are the cares of this world. What is it of this world that you care about? Well, health, that's something I care about. That's something you care about, right? Whether you feel good or not, that makes sense. How about your job? That's, that's a care of this world. Well, I need to work, I need to have some money. Okay, that's a care of this world. Relationships? Well, my family, but my relationship with my neighbors, my coworkers, my boss, you know, whoever, just, just other people, that's a care of this world. Sickness, that's, that's a care of this world. You know, I, did, you, did you notice how many people were by, battling sickness around the meeting time? Sniffles, cough, runny nose, stuff. We, we, we still got people out because of it. Now listen, I want you to understand this. If you're contagious, stay home. Okay? <laughs> I, I don't think you're more spiritual and you don't get extra brownie points if you come to church and get everybody else sick. Okay? If you're contagious, Stay home. But if your arm hurts and it's going to hurt at home or it's going to hurt here, wouldn't it be better to hurt in a church pew than to hurt at home? If your ear hurts and it's going to hurt in bed or it's going to hurt at church, wouldn't it be better to, for it to hurt at church? I mean, if, if your leg hurts, you, you see what I'm saying? If, if whatever's going to hurt is going to hurt there or it's going to hurt here, you might as well come here and get some seed. Then stay at home and never get close to the seed. Okay? So what's that? That's the cares of this world. Don't, don't let the cares of this world keep you from getting around the seed and letting the seed grow. The second thing mentioned there in verse 19, it says the deceitfulness of riches. Notice it doesn't say riches. Riches is not what keeps you from growing in the word, it, letting the word grow in you and letting you grow closer to Jesus Christ and bearing fruit in your Christian light. Riches is not what does it. It says deceitfulness of riches. You see that? That is the thought that money is going to fix your problem instead of God. That, that is money taking your trust and taking your, your hopes and dreams are getting pushed onto money instead of God can solve my problem if I just had more money. That would solve my problem. What's that? That's the deceitfulness of riches. That's the worldly mindset. You know, too many people work on Sundays now. They've been deceived into thinking that money can replace the sowing of the Word of God in their heart. Amen. Well, see, no, I, I need to get overtime, and I, I need to do this, and these are the only hours that I could work, and so I, I could only work all day Sunday and Wednesday night. Isn't that interesting? I wonder if God gave you that job that took you away from every church service. Or maybe it was the devil. You know, the one that's trying to keep the seed from bearing fruit in your life. I'm guessing probably God didn't give you that job. Just, just a guess there. But what's that? That's, that's the deceitfulness of riches. That's a thorn that's going to take your priority away from getting around the seed and instead getting money to fix your problems. But that's not the last one. Third thing mentioned there in verse 19, it says the lusts of other things. Listen, these don't have to be sinful things. You can lust for good things. 
okay? You can lust after family time. You can, you, you can lust after wanting to go to the lake with your kids on Sunday. You, you can lust after that. It's not a sin to go to the lake. But why would you choose Sunday instead of going to church, going to the lake? Go, go on Saturday. You know, the Sunday, what I like, the Bible calls the Sunday is the Lord's day. Maybe I should do something for the Lord or be around the seed on the Lord's day instead of the lake's day. You know, people can lust after productivity. Spending Sunday fixing things around the house. Well, you know, I could sure get caught up on this housework if I do it all on Sunday instead of going to church. You know, I could, I could finally fix up my car, or I could, I could do this repair on the house, or I could, I could mow the yard, or I could do all this. I could do that all on the free time on Sunday whenever I'm supposed to be in church. Instead, I can be productive. It's not, it's not bad to want to be productive, but you've got six other days. Why does it always have to be on Sunday? And listen, I, I know y'all are here on Sunday, and I'm, I'm just trying to, trying to help warn you and let you know why there's not more people here on Sunday, but I'm, I'm not preaching against the people that aren't here. The lust of other things. You can lust after rest and relaxation. You know, recuperating from a hard week of work, there's, there's not a problem with that. It, it's okay. Your, your body can get tired. My body gets tired. I, I get wore out. But you don't sleep through seed time to recuperate. Most young families in America today are lusting after other things on Sunday instead of lusting after the Word of God. That's, that's why we don't have a bunch of kids in here. That's why we don't have a bunch of young families in their 20s and 30s and 40s even. Why is that? They're lusting after other things. They're saying, oh, that, that seed, oh, that Word of God, whatever. I've, I've got religion, and so I don't need the seed. <laughs> You need the seed. Okay, first of all for salvation, second of all for growth. But they're, they're so busy lusting after other things. I, I've, I've got to get the boat. I've got to get the hunting rifle. I've, I've got to go to the sporting event. I've, I've got to do these things. What's that? The lusting of other things. And it's taken away the seed. It's taken away that potential for the word of God to grow in your life. You realize you've got it really good here? You get to have a sower come by and cast the word of God on your ground on a regular basis. And, it, and I'm, I'm not tooting my own horn or anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying, here, we've got the book. We've got the book. We've got the seed. And every service, every service, seed's getting cast out. Word of God, I might mess it up. I might, I might stumble around, make some bad illustrations or, or hit and miss on the points or whatever. Still read scripture. There's still seed getting cast out. Still the King James Bible. Still getting seed cast out. You want spiritual growth? You want to bear fruit? Then you better get the seed, plant the seed, protect the seed, and keep the ground clear enough so that the seed can grow. It's all vain if you come here just to watch seed be taken away later during the week. What, what benefit is it to come to every single church service if at the, if at the end of each service you stay the same? Every time I say, well, I saw a lot of seed today. Anything growing? No. No, but I saw some big seed. I saw some little seed. I saw this kind. I saw that kind. And, oh, yeah, lots, lots of seeds. Oh, yeah, praise the Lord. Amen, amen. A lot of seed, a lot of seed. Anything growing? Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Why is that? Well, I, I like seed, but I, I don't want anything to change. Then why are you around the seed? Shouldn't you want something to grow? Shouldn't you want some fruit to 
eventually come out? Shouldn't you want it to take root? We've got it good, but are you taking any advantage of it? Or if it's just, well, I come to be entertained, then, then why come? This, I, I like to be entertained at church. I, li- I like funny stories. I like uh, exuberant preachers. I, I, I like exciting, exci- exciting times in church. I, I enjoy that. It's very entertaining. But don't come for entertainment. Come for the seed. Whenever you got time at home, do you just spend it all on entertainment? Do you spend any time on the, the seed? We've got to have some time with the seed if we want something to grow. I'd like to ask you to please stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed.